Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight, we have a special program for you. No, really, we do. <laughs> we were going we're gonna to devote an entire hour tonight to the testimony of a wonderful man in our church. As we discuss these incredible stories of God's work in his life, you can still join our conversation, or if you'd like prayer, we have call screeners standing by as usual, and they can be reached at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt. We have a revival meeting coming up, and you mentioned this morning that it's just two weeks away. It absolutely is. We begin on Father's Day, Micah, June yeah. 18th, and we'll go from Monday through Friday, and we invite all of our listeners, if they want to come out and hear the great preaching of evangelist John Van Geldren. He's also written some really powerful books on the Holy Spirit, on revival, on prayer, mm. and I know he'll have those books available to yeah. us, mm-hmm. and it'll be great. So come on out, dear friends, on Sunday June 18th at 10 a.m. We begin our revival, 11 a.m. We'll have those two services. He'll be on the radio with us that Sunday night, June 18th, and then Monday through Friday at our church office at 633 3rd Ave. And, and all the information is on our website, Micah, at hbcnyc.org. Yeah, and that's awesome. And if you missed any of that, you can also call us, 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine, and one of our call screeners can give you that information as well. You mean well. I, I talk too fast, I know. <laughs> but tonight, we have so much to get to, and I know our dear brother Vinny Abrazisi, whom God has worked so mightily in his life, and brother Vinny, we've known each other now for over 20 years. You've been on the program here a number of times, but tonight... You're here just to really share your stories with us, your testimonies, brother. So welcome to the studio. We're so happy to have you with us tonight. I want to thank you, Pastor, for inviting me here tonight. It's a blessing in itself. I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5:17 to 18. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Praise God. Amen. And Hebrews chapter 13, Vinny, is a passage you wanted us to read, and we'll understand why as you share your stories. It's Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said... I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And we're going to read another scripture from Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, 
For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is, that doth go before thee. He will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Amen. So let's pray as we begin tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you. We can come to you in the powerful, mighty, true, holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for what you do in our lives and the miracles that you bring about especially your miracle of salvation. And we thank you for Brother Vinny, how he sees and he has experienced your hand in his life in special ways. And Lord God, we thank you that he can share this tonight. And we know that the listeners will be really encouraged and challenged and built up in the faith as they see how you can work in all of our lives Mm -hmm. as you have in his. Mm -hmm. And we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so tonight, dear friends, we're going to have some special testimonies with our brother, Vinny Abrazisi. These testimonies are going to show the power of God's Word, the protection of the Lord on the streets of Brooklyn, the, the deliverance that God gave to Vinny over heroin addiction, and how the Lord has directed and provided and, and shown the hand of salvation to Brother Vinny and used him to bring salvation to others. And so that's some of the things that these stories are going to tell. You want to stick with us. You want to even call a friend right now and get him to listen mm. to our program. And if we could help you, encourage you, maybe you need deliverance or direction or God's hand or protection in your life, you can call us throughout the hour at 929-333-3739. So, Vinny, you're here to share your stories and testimonies. So yes. you're on. You can begin. Well, I'm going to open up and mention about my children first thing. I have three wonderful children. I have Nick, Paul, and Trisha. And from the age of 44 or 45 down to 35. And God has blessed me in so many ways. And sometimes I look back and I say, why? Mm. Why has he done these things for me? Mm. And I've gone through such craziness in my life, but he's never left me or forsaken me. He's always been there with me. And also he has blessed me with eight beautiful grandchildren. Mm. So I'm so blessed through that. I'm going to get into the whole meaning of these testimonies. And I truly believe it's about a mother's prayer, a mother reaching out to her children and crying out to the Lord and putting a hedge, asking God to put a hedge over her children. Mm. When I was very young, I remember I overheard my mother praying, and then she would come into our bedroom and pray with us at night. I was very young, maybe three-fourths at the time, and uh, I suffered with some issues back then and this and that and not knowing exactly what prayer was all about. But I've always felt the compassion from my mother. And mothers are a blessing. They, I'll tell you, God has created the heart of a mother to truly reach out to their children. Mm. And I want to say over those years that she prayed over me, it got me to the point of uh, thinking about certain things and this and that. But when I was young, in my first years of school, I was in a Catholic school. I first, second, I'm going to you're going to laugh about this. It was se- first, second, and second grade. I was <laughs> left back. Yeah. But we didn't know back then, but I suffered with uh, 
you know, a, a situation called ADHD, and they didn't even know about ADHD until the 80s, I believe, the middle 80s or whatever. And that's a t- attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And through that, it was very hard for me to focus in school and truly accomplish what my mother wanted me to accomplish. But it was one thing coming home and talking and this and that. She would take me through it and try to help me as much as possible. But there was always that prayer. Mm. And that prayer directed and guided me. And I feel so blessed through that because I've gone through much turmoil in my life. But uh, through that at the age, skipping to the age of 12 years old, an amazing thing happened to me. I was, we were at a cousin's house in Long Island, Center Reach, Long Island. And uh, what happened with that was we were living there. My mother and father had some issues going back and forth. So my mother separated from my father and took five of her children, five of us. I'm the oldest male. And uh, she brought us out there. And I was back and forth in school. The school bus used to pick us up and this and that. But I was always the first one at the house. And a funny thing about it was I'd always have to climb through the window to get into the house. And my cousin one day, she she was about 18, 20 years older than me. She said, Vinny, if you do this ever again, you're going to be in trouble. And I used to go in the house. First thing I would do is put on her music. And she said, get away from her music. Go into my library. Read a book or whatever. So I did that one day, and she had a little pedestal, and on that pedestal was the Holy Bible. Hmm. And I went to it, and I opened it, and I felt something that I've never felt before. And now at the age of 68 years old, I could still remember that day when I opened up God's Word and something came upon me. I can't even, it's hard for me to explain it unless you feel it yourself. Mm -hmm. But God's Word, just like it says, the power of His Word is immense. It's so amazing in itself. So with that, I say, wow, praise God. Yeah. Amen. God's Word is powerful. It is a hammer Mm. that breaks the rock in pieces, isn't it, Micah? Mm -hmm. How have you experienced, or how does God show us the power of His Word when His Word comes into our hearts, Micah? You know, uh, most of the words that we read every day, they're no more than ink on a page or digital pixels on a screen, but that is not true of the Bible. And Hebrews 4.12 describes, you know, what Vinny Vinny just said, what God's Word is like. It's for the word of God is quick and powerful and powerful. sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, the word of God is living and active. And I often do experience this. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible and the words just leap off the page. Or maybe I see something completely different in a passage that I've read 50 times before, or the words seem as if they're addressing me exactly where I am at exactly the right moment. And when this happens, as Vinny says, you know, sometimes I physically feel the presence of the Lord. And that may be different for each person, but I do believe that each Christian will go beyond just reading God's Word at times and instead experience it, just like Vinny, even at 12 years old, experienced God's Word. Amen. As, as God said through Jeremiah, is not my word like a fire. God's mm-hmm. Word is a fire. I had a similar kind of experience, Vinny, after... When, when I became saved as a freshman college student, saved out of drugs, and the, the young man who led me to Christ, Alan, bought me a Bible, and he gave me the Bible on a sunlit day after church, and 
it, and the, the the pages of the Bible were gold, you know, had gold uh, mm-hmm. leaves, yeah. mm-hmm. and the sun just hit those gold oh. leaves, and it just lit up. <laughs> you know, I went back to my room that day and began yeah. reading the Bible, and from that day in 1978 till today, mm-hmm. by the grace of God, I'm I'm sure I missed a, a couple days, but I've been in the Word every day because God's Word is powerful. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord for that. Well, Vinny, share share the next testimony that you have with us. And by the way, our listeners can call us if you need prayer and letting God's word speak powerfully to your heart. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Well, I want to go into Ephesians 1:4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we shall we shall be holy and without blame before his love. And praise God, his hand of mercy has always been in my life, and it's amazing because I have not been a good boy all my life. You know? <laughs> I'm going to go back to the to the time of 17 years old. Back in those days, of course, I was walking the streets of Brooklyn, a little wild here and there. Uh, friends of I, mine and I, we were into kickboxing, and we would get into our little spits here and there, fighting and whatever we did. And back back then, too, I had a problem with carry. I always had carried a knife in my back pocket. Mm. I guess uh, it was to build us up or whatever. I don't even, thinking about it now, it was not a good thing. But uh, back in those days, when I was 17 years old, it was a summer. And there was a, a person that I had seen from a distance a few times, uh, hanging out with my friends, and he would wave to me like he knew me, and I would ask my buddies, I'd say, do you know that person? Who mm-hmm. is he? And nobody knew who he was. And the strange thing about it, he knew me, but I didn't know who he was. And it was a few times, two different times that I had seen him. Well, that coming winter, something dreadful had come about. Now, I had started seeing this girl. She, That was my first girlfriend. We dated for about two years. Her name was Sherry. And her and I were very close and what happened was my brother, I had come home this one day, and my brother was in the hospital. He had gotten beat up by this guy. And we have a nickname. It was called the Wise Guy Punks. I don't like to say it like that, but kids, Wise Guy Kids were t- kids or children from mafia-connected people. Mm. And they were all puffed up. They always thought that they, well, we can do whatever we wanted, whatever. And they got away whatever they wanted to do. So with this, this guy beat my brother up, put him in the hospital, broke some ribs. Now, me being the oldest male of my family, I got to protect my family. And at 17, 18 years old, raging, I'm going to do something about this. Then a few, maybe a week later after that happened, my girlfriend was groped by the same person. And now, forget it, it's like, oh, I can't even imagine. You you, you don't have any idea the thoughts that were going through my head. Mm. Well, I'm walking down the avenue in Brooklyn, and my brother's okay at this point. He's doing good or whatever. And he points out this kid. And there he is with about four of his friends. And I run, and I jump kicked him from behind. Mm. And he rolls over, and one of his friends throws him a knife, an open knife. It was like a reflex. I pulled my knife out of my back pocket. I looked at him, and we just, it was, you know, crazy. A knife fight in the street. I mean, it was just like in the movies or Mm. whatever you want Mm -hmm. to say. So not thinking about consequences at that age, very stupid, Mm -hmm. very not thinking about the future, I ended up cutting, going after him to cut him, and I did. I stabbed him with my knife, mm. and I ended up cutting him right across the face 
which literally you can see his tongue from his face. That's mm-hmm. how bad it was. I grabbed him. I wanted to take him home. I was so shook up from this whole situation, I didn't know what to do. So they ran off, and they did their thing. What happened, strangest thing about that, it went to the wayside. Me being, you know, from the streets or whatever at that time, I'm thinking that, all right, he got his butt beat or whatever. He's not going to bother me. Nothing's going to happen. I would say about a month later, I'm walking down one of the other avenues, and a car is coming toward me, and I just felt something. I don't know what it was. The windows opened up, a rifle came out of the car, mm. and bullets went over my head. Mm. I dropped behind the car that I was near, and I just laid there, a car passed by, and that was that. Didn't even think it was possibly this guy or whatever, but back in Brooklyn in those days, I was grew up in Sheepshead Bay, you didn't hear about drive-bys. Mm. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a normal thing back then, mm-hmm. so could it have been this kid? I don't know. But the thing is that now time passed. The school, one of the schools, middle schools, had opened up back in those days. They would have like uh, some time that they would open up uh, their areas, uh, uh, certain areas that we'd have pool tables, ping pong tables, or whatever. A bunch of us would group up together, go there and hang out. Well, I met up with my girlfriend. We're up there, and (laughs) the strangest thing, I get a tap on my shoulder, and I turn to a surprise that it was it blew me away that person that i saw the summer before yeah came up to me and said you have to leave right now and i'm like i looked at him who are you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and he just gave me this look you have to leave right now so i'm like okay and he says palagrino i shouldn't say the name but a particular person is coming down the street and he's got about four five friends with him and they're coming to tie you up to a flagpole and, and that cut was you the up. guy that you had cut up oh yeah and cut you up with razor blades hmm. so i ended up going down the stairs no sooner that i was halfway down i saw them coming down the street i was able to go behind some cars they went up that was it never saw them again the whole thing was finished but there was a problem that summer there was rumor don't know how true it was or whatever but he was killed in a boating accident in Sheepshead oh. Bay. Mm. So, and that was the end of that story. Who, mm. how, how do you think, who, those bullets that flew over your head, do you think that was from him, or do you think that was maybe from the mafia, of, <sighs> that, uh, parents that he, he Could knew? Could very or? well be. You don't I know. Mean, I don't know, and I truly believe that God's hand of mercy was upon me. Yeah. And my mother knew about a lot of things that I was going through, a lot of troubled situations, I was dabbling in marijuana, cocaine. Yeah. She knew about this. My mother and I, since I was the oldest male, the first of her male children, we were very close. Mom mm-hmm. and I were so close. I, I used to go to the movies with her, do things with her and all that. It was mm-hmm. a blessing. Yeah. So, mom, And she was praying for you as you, mom's as prayer, you opened Mom's yeah. prayer, I'll tell you. And well, th- that brought me into prayer itself, too. Yeah. Well, it seems, Micah, that Vinny has been, been a trailblazer, not only in ADHD... <laughs> But in drive-by shootings, you oh, know, no. yeah. I mean, there was no such wow. thing as those until there was Vinny. So, uh, okay, I just had to throw that oh, one out there. That's good. But you know, Micah, there, it, God is a protecting Amen. God. He mm-hmm. does watch over us. Yeah. What can you share with us? Some uh, maybe a biblical example, or maybe from your own life of of God's protection. Yeah. Well, you know, I think of, and I've heard that story from Vinny before, and I just think of this figure that you know he didn't know who he was. 
Uh, he had seen him just the summer before, but it, he, Vinny is convinced that that was God protecting him through Amen. an unknown person or angel. And, you know, I was talking with somebody this week, a Christian uh, woman, and she described an experience she had which seemed supernatural, and she was a little bit frightened by it. Um, so I told her that whether or not her experience had some natural explanation, that we can see from the Bible that the universe we live in is supernatural. And I gave her the example of Second Kings chapter 6, where the king of Syria and a great army had surrounded the, the prophet Elisha at night, and they intended, they intended to capture Elisha and kill him. And when morning dawned, one of Elisha's servants woke up and saw that they were surrounded, and he panicked, saying, you know, what are we going to do? And Elisha told him that God's army is greater than the army of Syria. Mm. And there's the verse 2 Kings six seventeen, and it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And so I believe that although we cannot see with our eyes, God mm-hmm. does protect yeah. us by supernatural means. And Amen. it might not always be in such a dramatic way like Elisha or even like Vinny's testimony, but God does protect us by his grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Um, my life's verse is Acts 18.10, where mm-hmm. God told Paul in Corinth, I am with thee and no man mm-hmm. shall set on thee to hurt thee, mm-hmm. for I have much people in this city. So God is a powerful God of protection. So we're going to go to a song And then we're going to hear an incredible story of heroin overdose and God's deliverance. How Vinny could almost, you almost could, we should count the times you almost died. So that was at least Mm. the first time with bullets flying Mm -hmm. over your head and knife fights. Mm. But the second time is an amazing deliverance of God and he gets the glory. And, And it's all by his mercies, dear friend. And so we're going to play a song about God's mercies always new. You can give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. If you need prayer, this is the time for you to call 929-333-3739. Call us now. Every morning that breaks, there are mercies anew. Every breath that I take is your faithfulness proved. And at the When my labors are through, I will sing of your mercies anew. When I'd fallen and strayed, there were mercies anew.
When the storms swirl and rage, there are mercies anew. In affliction and pain, you will carry me through. And at the end of my days, when you're God for the wonderful grace and mercy of the Lord, dear friends. Mm. And this evening we have a dear brother, a faithful man, over 20 years in our church, Vinny Ebrezis, who's sharing his stories and testimonies. And God miraculously delivered Vinny in a particular situation. And he can still deliver you as well, dear friends. So if you want to give a call to to pray with us tonight at 929-333-3739. Phone lines are open. Call screeners are here. Feel free to give us a call. But, Vinny, why don't you just share this incredible story of how God delivered you from heroin. Amen. At the age of 28, I would say that I was in a bit of a rebellious state in my in my years. I had been married and now separated, going through a divorce, and I met up with a woman. Her name was Marie, and Marie was involved with a lot of drugs at that time, and, and I ended up falling right into it. I mean, I had done my drugs before, but I was at the age now that I wanted to get away, and now it was coming very prominent in my life, and I truly wanted to get away from this. So we were together for about four years. And back and forth, the conviction of the Lord, he, he was truly working on my heart, but we weren't living the way we were supposed to be living. And I was always praying, crying out to the Lord, please, Lord, help us through this, take us through it or whatever. And I even thought marriage might be a good idea. Maybe God would hold it together. But what happened was I met up with a man in, in my job, and he was a deacon in a Baptist church in New Jersey. And what a, a blessed man. He was uh, just so filled with the Spirit. And he had told me that, listen, being with this woman and with the drugs and all that, he says, it's not gonna, it's going to lead to something really bad. You, you have a problem with that. You want to pray with me every day. You want to come together. You have to push away that old self and come over to the Lord. You have to be fully with the Lord on this. So he said, why don't you come out to my church? It was in the Oranges in New Jersey. Come out and we'll speak with my pastor about it. It was a Baptist church. And bring Marie with you. And we'll pray over this and we'll see where it goes. Well, we did that. And I was so crazy in itself. That pastor prophesied over it and said that the Lord put it in the pastor's heart 
that something dreadful was going to happen if I stayed with Marie. Marie could not deal with this. It was very troublesome for her. She was like, but no, we love each other. We have to be with each other and this and that. So my heart was already set to break away. And on the way back to Brooklyn, she was very upset about it. She said, there's no way. If I can't have you, nobody can have you. She grabbed the steering wheel of the car, tried to uh, divert us to hit something or whatever. We got back to the apartment. She literally started throwing my stuff out, mm. and I had to get out of there. So I ended up moving into that Baptist church, and I lived there mm. for about eight months, mm. and I was on fire. I mean, we were. this is a real, <laughs> a holy roller church. We were going out every day and knocking on doors and praying with people. Mm-hmm. It was amazing in itself, you know, and it was really good. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't too much into prayer in those days. I couldn't pray outwardly with others and this and that. And I believe God really opened me up to that, mm. that I, I changed me in a lot of ways. Mm. But in the Word, it does speak about uh, that one demon that comes out of us, you know, and we could be... Anyway, that came out of me at that point. I felt cleaned. I was cleansed and this and that. But about eight months later... I felt my heart was toward Marie, Mm. and I did love Marie, but that whole problem was, it was a problem, Mm. and I had to get away. So I called her up, and she cried. She wanted me to come out to see her. She said it was important for me to come out there, so I did. And the enemy had a field day with me, Mm. had a field day with both of us, Mm. you know. The seven demons took the place of the one. Mm. And I was in a place like I I could not believe. I was so cleansed and so much with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And here I backslid and I was in a place that Mm. so dark. Why do I want to be here? What what is it all about? So going through back and forth, this and that, like I said before, I thought maybe marriage would be the best thing. So Marie and I were being together for a while and then we got hooked up on heroin and at that time, I was a supervisor on my job in Bellevue Hospital, and I was surviving even through the heroin addiction mm. because we had the money there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you just put the stuff in your body and this and that. You can act normal the whole nine yards. You got high at night, started coming down, and then you had to inject yourself again. Well, the thing is that I, I told her, I said, Marie, we, we have to do something about this. We have to find a way out of it when now we were doing I would say between 50 to $90 a night of heroin. Mm. And it was insane in itself. It really was. And this was in the 80s, right? So yeah. that was a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, tell me about it. So with that, we went, I prayed and prayed on it. I was involved with another church back then, but I would periodically pop in and out. I wasn't going there as much as I should have. Marie didn't want any part of that. Mm. And that was me. And I was praying and I said, Lord, please, you have to help us. Please take us out of this mess. So with that, it was October 10th, 1985. I'm sitting in my shop. I had just handed out the work orders for the men to go to work. And as loud and clear, it was a Thursday morning, as loud and clear, I heard the voice of an angel, of God, whatever it was, the words were, no more. Mm. And it was so powerful. Mm. The hair stood up on me. There Mm. was definitely something here. I Mm. had to do something about this. Went right to the phone, called Marie up. I said, listen, this is what went on. We have to stop. There's no way we can do this. We have to, you know, if it goes on, something very bad is going to happen. And she said, we can't. We're heroin addicts. Heroin addicts don't stop cold turkey so easily. They can die 
from stopping that that way, you know. So I'm like, please, we got to do this with God. Mm. All things are possible. Yeah. We got to cry out to him. He will take us through it. I'm telling you, it was the Lord that spoke to me. So when I got home that night, I picked her up from her job and we went home and she cried. Then I need, I need, I need. And that's all I kept hearing. And now here I was weakening mm. because my body needed too. Mm. you know, mm. now I was going to fight it in this and that, but it yeah. was, I was having that struggle. So she said, why don't we just go and get a $10 bag? Mm-hmm. We don't need the amount. Why don't we just do that? Let's start fresh tomorrow. Tomorrow we will do nothing. And it's like, ooh, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. I know with the government, when they're taking you off of heroin, they get you on methadone, they to- slowly take you off of it with that. Never did methadone, but, you know, so I said, you know what? Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Mm. We compromised the yeah. word mm-hmm. no more. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was the problem. We compromised. Mm-hmm. We went and copped that bag, and we split it. $5 a piece of heroin, which is nothing. I mean, I think of it now, it, uh, you know, it would be nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we did do it. Mm-hmm. The next thing I remembered, as I woke up two hours later on the kitchen floor, and I looked for my wife. We were married at that time, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I went looking for her, and I found her on the couch, and she had passed away. Wow. <sighs> I compromised, and God had taken her, you know. And it was a heartbreak in itself with that. Yeah. You know, I, when the police came, my family came, tried to bring a peace, everything that was happening. And I have to go to Genesis where where Adam fell into that deep sleep mm. and the rib was taken and Eve was created. With that, I fell into a deep sleep that night and I woke up the next morning. And I would say that sleep I woke, I fell into and I woke up totally cured of mm. a heroin addiction. Mm. No sickness, no urge, no craving, nothing. It was gone. Mm. No more. No more. Okay. No more. It would have been no mm. more for both of us. I truly believe that God yeah. gave us an opening and... <laughs> Because we, it reminds me of Israel. Israel, out of, out of captivity, they left you know, Egypt. They, Moses took them out. How many times did they turn their back on God? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it reminds yeah. me of that, turning my back on God. How many times of miracles, how many miracles have he's brought into my life? So with that, not only that, I call this my three days of death and resurrection. The next day, my brother came over. He says, Vin, we want to watch over you. We didn't even know you were going through this. Nobody knew that we were doing heroin. Nobody mm-hmm. knew about this at all. Mm-hmm. So he came over. A few friends were over. There. We hopped in the car. We went down by Brighton Beach. There was a movie theater we passed. Now, if this was of God or whatever, <laughs> does God bring coincidences in your life? I don't know. But Yes, as, he does. <laughs> <laughs> amazing in this. We passed by the movie. My brother grabs my leg and he says, I don't believe what I see, Vin. Mm. Look at the theater. First movie playing was Marie, my wife's name. The second movie was Better Off Dead. Oh, my. Was it better? You Mm. know, that like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, she did not want to be in the same place. And I truly feel in my heart that I hope, I hope that she had given her heart to the Lord. Mm. 
before all this mm. and that she's waiting there in heaven. Mm. You know, that that's what my hope is because she left a beautiful daughter behind, Sarah. Mm. And, and I know the heartbreak of that daughter all these years has been really hard. You mm. know, it really has been. So God has taken me through that. And I know, you know, it's, you know, people look at it and say, I even had a friend that was a strong believer, heroin addict. He says, but why hasn't God ever done that for me? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because uh, he had all these testimonies set up for me. Maybe mm-hmm. he knew that I'd be here at the radio station one yeah. day and mm-hmm. you wouldn't be sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. I, who knows? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But, uh, well, the power of God to deliver, it, it makes me think of First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 where God says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And really, that's a story of a, of a ch- of chief sinners, right, uh, Vinny, in, in the sense that you were into drugs and mm. in, in, in deep down into that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem there was any human way of rescue, but God rescued you. Amen. And God had to take your wife in order to do it. But it shows how God draws chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. And where sin abounds, grace can much more abound, dear friend. And maybe there's somebody listening tonight who's really trapped through drug addiction. And this is a very serious problem in yeah. our day with the mm-hmm. fentanyl being mixed in mm-hmm. with Amen. these different drugs like heroin and cocaine. And so many people are dying, yeah. like Marie like Marie died. Well, there's one and st- there was probably yes. something bad mixed in that bag, you know? Yeah. Well, I had found out years later, the death uh, certificate came up with the uh, chemical analysis, said that she passed away from cocaine. And I, I was confused all these years, and I looked into it. The dealer that I bought it from that night, he said it was what they called China White. Mm. And I looked into that last year. Coincidentally, last year, they said China White was a, a combination of fentanyl and cocaine. Yeah, fentanyl. So fentanyl has been out there. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. and dr- yeah, there's just, well, I'm just thinking that, there, you know, we live in New York City, and everywhere you go these days, there's a new... Marijuana shop, marijuana shop mm, opening yeah, up. That's right. You know, and it's it's just a gateway. You know, you mm. see ads on top of taxis that say, you know, like, oh, your first time should be, you know, whatever it is, and they're just encouraging people to get started on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And as as Vinny even mentioned, you know, he started smoking marijuana when he mm. was, you know, a teenager, and then it led eventually to heroin. So, I, we would just encourage our listeners, you know, pray for your kids, your mm. grandkids, yourself. Yes. If you yourself have problems with drugs, you know, definitely, definitely pray to God to help get you off, to give you the strength. You know, you may not have the situation like Vinny where, you know, he takes away any withdrawals, but God can give you the strength to get off drugs. Yeah, and, and Vinny, your testimonies too just remind me how God works in our lives mm-hmm. in spite mm-hmm. of our rebellion. I mean, I he know. told you no more, yeah. and you did it, but yet still in mercy, mm. You know, that's his mercy, right? And so I I think of Paul rebelling against God on Mm -hmm. the Damascus Road, but Mm -hmm. God saved him Mm -hmm. right in the midst of that Mm -hmm. rebellion. So, Micah, can you comment about God's mercy to Vinny in spite of his sins? And and what what would you say about that? You know, God knew Vinny before he was even knitted together in his mother's womb, you know, his praying mother's Mm. womb. And God knew that one day, Vinny, you would fully surrender your life to Mm. Jesus Christ. And since God exists outside of time, every experience of God's grace that came before Vinny was, you know, fully saved, you know, like he had completely surrendered and saved, you know, like this incredible story he just shared is God working with the knowledge of who Vinny would become. And Paul said... 
in Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And mm. God knew that Vinny would one day become a new creature. And so he was active in Vinny's life even before that day. Mm. Yeah, amen. So, Vinny, let's move beyond that then. Mm. After that, what are some of the things that God then began to do after Marie was taken? And I believe you have a story of a miracle of God's provision and direction in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a time that I always wanted all three of my children to be with me. My sons, Mm. Nick and Paul, and my daughter, Tricia. That was always a heart wrench in my life. And my sons lived out in Florida at the time, and my daughter was in Queens. And the thing is that I know that my son's mother, she would never send them to me. I think I had talked to her many a time and maybe concerned about their direction if they were with their father. You know, we did have visitation a lot. I've been out to Florida many a times back in those days and back and forth with the boys being in New York. So the strangest thing had happened. It was crazy that I had gotten an apartment. I was looking to get a place right near where my daughter was. So I'm over there in Queens looking, and I wanted her to come in, move in with me and all that. And I go into this pizza place, and I ask these two young ladies, you know of a place around here? I'm looking for a one-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment. Well, there's a four-bedroom apartment right upstairs. (laughs) And I'm like, really? But it hasn't been rented in about two years. And I'm like... And this is above a pizza place? Above a pizza place. Oh, I would go nuts. (laughs) It was awesome. So with that... that, Pizza for breakfast, huh? mm, Well, wait. Wait until you hear. So the thing is, in a nutshell, so I said, well, how do I find out about this? Well, the woman lived next door. It was an old Jewish woman. She was about 90 years old. Her name was Jessie. And if my sons are listening tonight, you remember this. But anyway, so uh, with that, I connected with Jessie, and she looked at me, and she said, there's something about you. There's something. She kept saying that. There's something about you. Mm. And at that time, I drove up on my motorcycle. I didn't want her to think that I was a biker. You know, I was pretty, <laughs> you know, you know, calm, or chill kind of guy. I had a ponytail at the time, too. So I had to hide the <laughs> ponytail. You know, so the whole thing was to make her see me for a nice guy and this and that, which I was at this yeah. point. I was focusing on God's will. Mm. So she showed me the apartment. I was amazed. I'm like, wow, this place is awesome. Mm. All the paint was peeling off the walls and everything, but they were pure, good walls. Mm-hmm. The place was from 1875. Oh, wow. It wow. was a carriage house underneath. There was a pizza place. That was a carriage house with a pe- where the horse and buggies used to pull in and all this. She said, let me show you something. Come to the back. She shows, pulls me to the back of the apartment, and she says, see out in the back? Those are garages over there. I says, yeah, you're going to have one. I said, well, I don't need one. No, you're going to have one. The the one to the right, the biggest one. I'm like, well, praise God. Okay, whatever. I had a motorcycle and a car. I can use it. Yeah. So with Parking that, place in Brooklyn. That's <laughs> the, or Queens. This Queens, is Queens. Queens. Yeah. This is Maspeth. Maspeth, yeah. Queens. So with that, I ended up going home. This is where the miracle came in. And if my... This, my my son's mother is listening to this. She had put the word out that my sons were on their way to New York to live with me. It's like, what? I had just gotten a four-bedroom apartment, wow. and my sons are coming to live with me? Yeah. After the fact. It was, it like, was like God knew you needed that apartment amen. before you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. So with that, they were already, the tickets were bought. They were on the, just about ready to fly out. Mm. And my daughter and all of us had that apartment. It was so good. The blessing, too, of this place was Jesse was an elderly Jewish woman, mm. didn't know Jesus, 
And mm. through the couple of years that I lived there, uh, she accepted the Lord. Wow. I used to go and pray Amen. with her. Wow. She was in a building next door, and we used Praise to pray, God. open up mm. the Word, and she accepted the Lord. So her last mm. years, that's what happened. So that was a beautiful thing in itself. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God Praise. is a great God of yeah. salvation. Praise God. Yes, He is. And he, His name is salvation. Mm. And God does lead us and direct us, doesn't mm. He, brother? Yes, He, he does. does. Yeah. Vinny, how much was that apartment? 2000 3000 a month? And now it's $500 a month. What? Yeah. For a four-bedroom apartment. Yeah. That's a miracle right there. That, tell me about it. When they had told me that, I said, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah. You know, so. but, but the miracles continue for you, yes, right, they brother? Do. Yes, and, they do. And now you're going to share a miracle of how God even put you into connection with another Jewish family, mm-hmm. not the 90-year-old Jewish lady exactly. who you helped exactly. bring to Christ, but yeah. another Jewish family mm-hmm. that you were able to help through a crisis. Amen. Tell us about that. Amen. Well, what happened was my older son, Nick, had gone back to Florida to be with his mom. I think I was a little too strict on him, and he was tired of all the pizza he was eating at that point. <laughs> you know, so he went back. So my younger son stayed with me, and we ended up going out. We, there was a little in-between here and there, maybe a year or two, but we ended up going out to New Jersey together, him and I. And there were some issues going back and forth with him, uh, with school, and I was just concerned to make sure that he was in his last year of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to drop out. Mm. I didn't want him to do what I did. I didn't yeah. mention that before, but I dropped out, mm. and I wanted him to finish and even go to college afterwards. So with all that happening, I was very concerned and back and forth with the whole situation. I remember the school in in uh, New Jersey where I was trying to set him up with, they knew that I wasn't living there. I was actually living in Brooklyn, but I was in New Jersey back and forth. Mm. I was living at my sister's house. With that whole situation, I'm coming over the Brooklyn Bridge, and I was so so upset because my son Paul, at that point, was he was living in the church, the Baptist church. I had mm. no place to live at that time. Mm. So he was living in the church. They opened the door for him, and he, but he was drinking. And the pastor found bottles, of oh, empty no. bottles under his bed and this and that. So talking to him, he was with his friends, this and that. It was very difficult for me to be there and be in Brooklyn. I'm searching for an apartment there, and I just it wasn't happening. Coming over the Brooklyn Bridge, crying out to the Lord. I'm like, God, please give me some reassurance. I don't know what's happening here. I need you. I need you. I need you. Coming over, I was going to church. Getting onto the bell, the uh, belt the belt parkway, I'm saying the FDR Drive, and it was uh, a pretty amazing situation. As it turned around, you could see the pillar of the Brooklyn Bridge, mm. and at that time it was springtime, and ivy grew on the whole side of the Brooklyn Bridge. All mm. these leaves, right from the top down. Mm. You needed sunglasses mm. to see what I've seen. Wow! And I look at it, and God just uplifted my spirit. I call it the Shekinah glory. Mm. I could not even look at it. It was so bright. It was mm. blew me away. Wow. People that looked at me in the car afterwards probably figured I was he- heading to Bellevue because I was jumping up and down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and it was just amazing in itself. I just couldn't believe it. And I just felt the reassurance of the Holy Spirit coming over me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of this for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So with that, I got back and I had spoken to some people in the area about me getting an apartment, and I got a, an apartment. The problem was there was a place, it was a, like, almost like a garden apartment area, and the apartments were one-bedroom apartments for 750 a month, and there were three apartments open. 
But New Jersey has this thing with CFOs, Certificate of Occupancy. You had to have that first before you moved in. And they didn't have these yet. Mm-hmm. So I had an apartment, mm-hmm. but I couldn't move in. You know, so there was a problem there. So back and forth, back and forth with the management, they told me, listen, we'll compensate you. It took about six to seven weeks before we got in there. And now I got all this pressure from the school, yeah. from this, from that. I'm like, Lord, help me here. So they finally opened up the doors. We get in there, and it was awesome. I was with my son. We would run every morning. We would go out there and run, and we'd do things together, camaraderie. It was an awesome time. Well, through that time that I was there, I met a family that down below me. I was upstairs. They were down below. And Adrian and Stanley, a Jewish couple, mm-hmm. they had a daughter, Jody. And I overheard them talking about being evicted from that apartment. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me a lot. It's the same complex you were in. Yeah. I was right above right above that. And they had compensated you, what, like eight months rent or something? They, exactly. They in other compensated words, $750 a month for eight times months. eight. Plus free so that, gas and electric. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, so like, where does this come from? So anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about this, and my heart just opened to them. I didn't even really know. So them. in other words, I mean, just that's about ten thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe around yeah. in there. It's in that area. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So with that, I knocked on their door, and I had heard them the day before, and I knocked on their door, and I asked them. I said, "Listen, could I have just one hour of your time?" Hmm. And they said, "Sure. What's up?" And I said, listen, you'll benefit from this, but please just listen to me for one hour. So they opened up that door. I went in and I talked about Jesus Mm. and I talked Mm. about his love and the miracles. And I brought the Marie miracle to Mm -hmm. them and they were blown away with that. But they said, they looked at me and said, yeah, well, you know, if it's okay for you, Mm. you know, that you believe in Jesus Mm -hmm. and that's the way and and it makes you happy and this and that. Praise God. That's good. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I walked out of there, and they weren't accepting the Lord, but mm. their daughter, Jody, mm. followed me out. Mm. And she said, I want to know Jesus. Mm. Amen. You know, and with that, I said, have you ever heard, you know, dealt with it? She said, no. And then she rolled up her sleeves, and I saw razor blade cuts on her eye, mm-hmm. on her arms itself, and I was so emotional with that. Mm. She gave me this whole testimony about this, the Jewish Alps, they call them, up in the Catskills, that there was an uncle that was seducing her mm. in the day in years before or whatever, nobody would believe this, you know, and this is back and forth. Well, she accepted the Lord. And I had set her up with a beautiful church, and she started going there, and it was a wonderful thing, you know. Yeah. So we connected, and they had their money, they stayed, the family stayed, and I was very friendly with them. You actually paid their rent, isn't that I paid their rent. I paid a couple of months. I paid a couple of months of their rent, Mm. and with that, they were very connected to me, but still didn't accept the Lord, you know? So a couple of years later, my son Paul and I, we moved to Brooklyn, and I received a phone call, and it was Stanley. And he gets me on the phone. He says, Vin, you need to come out. Adrian had passed away. Mm. And I'm Mm. like, I'm so sorry, Stanley. He says, you know, my heart goes out and this and that. And they were sitting shiver. They were Jewish family. Mm -hmm. If you know what that is, it's with Jewish... uh, thing, whatever, they get together and they bring food and everybody, you know, talks about her and them and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I went out there and I brought a bunch of food and was sitting around. Jody came over to me and hugged me and brought some people from the church and they said, oh, we're connected. And this is a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And then she brought around, then gathered around me with more of the family, Mm. right? And they're like shaking my hand and this and that. And then Stanley comes over to me and he's a big guy. He was like six foot eight. I mean, he was like, Howard Obia. So with that, he comes over and he gives me a big hug and he says, Vin, 
I would have never been able to make it if it wasn't for Jesus. Mm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> mm. <laughs> he said, we accepted the Lord. the Lord. And Praise with God. that, wow. the family mm. that was around us came over, and they it was like transitional. They all went down the road. It was like a, a mm. domino effect mm. that they accepted Jesus because of what happened with me being wow. there. You know, and oh. then Jody's miracle of being, you know, coming to the Lord. Yeah. You know, so... Praise yeah. God. God. Praise the Lord. God used, God used your that gift that you mm. gave to them mm. to establish a relationship. Mm. Uh-huh. And that's where, you know, money can can be used for the for the work of the gospel. Amen. You know, in that sense, it it it, it can be a tool to build relationships mm. when you give people and you you distribute in love to others, right, brother Vinny? And and God is so, such so merciful. Mm. God is a great yes, God of is. salvation. Mm-hmm. And dear friends, we encourage you to look unto the Lord Jesus Christ. The mm-hmm. prophet Isaiah said, "Look unto me." God says through Isaiah, Isaiah 45 and verse number 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. And if you're without the Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. you've heard tonight some amazing testimonies from a dear brother, Vinnie Abrazisi, who over these years has seen God work in his life. From a young boy, he saw the power of God's word. There on the streets of Brooklyn, he experienced the protective hand of God. And that young man, he didn't even know where he was from. Maybe he was an angel warned him, and that was the hand of protection Amen. even in Vinny's life. Mm-hmm. And then how God delivered him from heroin immediately without any withdrawals, mm-hmm. and God directed him and used him so that a 90-year-old Jewish woman could be saved as well as other Jewish people mm-hmm. could hear the gospel. Now you could look to the Lord tonight mm-hmm. and be saved. Trust in Jesus Christ. Repent, dear friend. Change your mind towards who you are, towards who God is, towards your sin. Repent and turn in faith to Jesus Christ. As Paul told that Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I want to leave one more message here. Uh, I want to leave my phone number for those brothers and sisters out there that would want to hear more of my testimony, but just to call out Mm. and ask for help or whatever circumstances they might be going through or situations. You could call out my name, Vinny A. Just think of me as Vinny A. My phone number is 917-750-3394. That's 917-750-3394. Please, if you're in need in any way, any troubles, any problems in your life, please call. Please cry out to me. And prayer will be there for you. God bless you. Vinny, that's very gracious of you to mm-hmm. give your phone number to the listeners mm-hmm. tonight. And dear friends, he has other testimonies as well. Amen. But, but Vinny, and, and we've served together, brother. We've gone out on the streets together. We've preached the gospel together and served together for these many years. And yeah. I know that the Lord is alive in mm-hmm. you. Amen. And he's at work mm-hmm. in you and through you. And he has brought you through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Micah, close us off tonight and share what God has put in your heart about yeah, his it, great you know, life. It's just so amazing to listen to Vinny's stories. God mercifully chased him for many years before he was fully surrendered and 
you know, God may be chasing you tonight, Lord, and we've, we've uh, mentioned that, Lord, but if you are listening and you're saying, I'm listening to these stories of Vinny and God, you are chasing me and you've been merciful to me. Mm-hmm. And I've even maybe seen miracles in, in my life, but you have right. not yet surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. We just pray that you do that tonight. Just pray in your heart, in your spirit and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I accept and I want you to live within me. Mm. Yeah, you can and, have salvation. And Vinny gave his number. It's 917-750-3394. He'd love to hear from you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Vinny. Keep walking with Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Micah. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another 